Welcome to Explore to Evolve, the travel show to inspire you to make your life the best adventure. I'm your host, Vivian Dams, world traveler, digital nomad, best-selling author, and your coach and mentor to live life fully. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And if you like this episode, please leave a five-star review so that more amazing people just like you can find us. This episode is a Facebook Live, so you might hear a few little conversations here and there, which is amazing because you get to park right into the live energy. So I'm so happy and excited. Let's get started. beautiful welcome to part number three of the series 70 lessons from 70 countries and i am so excited to be bringing you this episode which is a south african one (laughs) and to set the context i have been to south africa two times. The first time was with a university friend of mine. It was the first ever time I had visited Africa, like Africa, Africa, because the northern countries like Egypt and Morocco, even though they are in Africa, I don't really feel like the real Africa. So that's just my perspective. (laughs) Anyways, um, the second time I was doing an internship in Tanzania and I decided to do a whole road trip down to South Africa and Swaziland where I was meeting a friend for one of the biggest African music festivals. And this is a whole nother story, but just to set the context so you know where we are, what's going on, all the fun things. And let me get started with the story because it is a good one. So I came to South Africa to Johannesburg. My friend invited me to stay with him. I met him two years prior when I was traveling with my university friend through um, South Africa. And he lived in Joburg, which I needed to go to Johannesburg to then take the bus from there and go into Swaziland to that music festival where, where I was meeting another friend of mine. And in that time, I had a GoPro that got that GoPro that got wet. Wet. I cannot pronounce the word wet. So there was a water damage on my GoPro. So I wanted to repair that thing. And there wasn't really a place in Tanzania. So I thought if there's any place, the best place would be Johannesburg, South Africa, to get that thing repaired. I imagine there would be a lot of like you know, technic repair, electronic repair shops. And I thought that's my best bet. So my friend was busy studying and working and doing all the things. So in the morning, he dropped me off to a close by a mall to find a, a electronic repair shop. So I wandered off and I went to find an electronic repair shop that would hopefully be able to repair my GoPro. Now, I didn't find any of these shops there. And then I thought, okay, two years ago, we went to Johannesburg, the city center. And I remember there were heaps of shops, clothing shops, electronic shops, like all kinds of things. And I thought maybe I'll be able to find something there. And if not, maybe someone knows if I can just, you know, replace the battery or something, maybe my GoPro would work again. So I saw this minibus place, minibus station, and I thought, okay, I'll just hop on a bus, drive to the city center, check out the malls, check out the places, and then come back here. 
So I walked over, asked the bus where it was going and told me, yeah, it's going to the city center of Joburg. I paid the money, hopped into the bus. And then I was waiting for the bus to fill because there's no real like schedule. The bus leaves whenever it's full. So you don't really know how long you're waiting. You just wait till the bus gets full. So I waited till the bus was full and we drove off. We drove off into the city center of Johannesburg. Now we were driving for quite a while and I felt the area we were getting into was getting a little sketchier and sketchier and poorer and poorer. And it was kind of weird where we ended up. And I was just observing the surroundings and looking at the poverty around me and the housing and all the situations going on until the bus driver said, final station, everyone get off. And I just thought, hold on, this doesn't look anything like what I remember from two years ago. This doesn't look like the city center. Where am I? So I asked the bus driver, like, is this the city center? And he assured me, yes, this is the city center. Just get off here. This is the final station. So I found myself in this massive mini bus van station with nothing around me that looked even the tiniest bit familiar to what I was used to. So I thought, okay, not a big deal. Let me just walk around and see if I can find an electronic repair shop that could fix my GoPro. So I wandered off and I really quickly noticed that that was not really a good idea and that there were not any shops around that would probably be able to fix my GoPro. And where I ended up was apparently the center of Joburg. There was not even one shop or hotel or chain, not even a food chain like McDonald's or anything that I known of around. And everything was purely local. So there were people selling clothes and shoes and other little items on, on plastic tarps on the ground. There were some, you know, local, local clothing shops but nothing that looked familiar. Nothing that had free Wi-Fi, no hotels, no nothing. Now, I was the only white person there and everyone started literally staring at me. And Johannesburg is one of the dangerous cities in the world, according to several lists. And depending on the year, you know, it's like fluctuates the place and it, it doesn't really matter which place it is. And if it's one of the, or the, you know, the fifth or the 10th, doesn't matter. But fact is not all areas of Johannesburg are really safe for tourists <laughs> or for travelers. So I really felt, okay, this is on the place where I should be. And as a six foot two female foreigner that clearly looks like she has no idea where she is, that was not the right place for me to be. So I kept on walking and decided, okay, the only thing I can do is find a place that I know, a place that looks familiar, a place that looks, you know, like westernized kind of, and either ask for someone 
to call my friend to give me directions or to come pick me up or to know where to go, you know, get get a Wi-Fi connection, connect and then like do a little Google map search and find my way home. Well, I kept on walking and I kept on walking and I kept on walking and nothing looked like I had ever seen before. Nothing looked familiar until I found this sign that said hotel. And I thought, yes, hotel. Okay, great. They're going to have Wi-Fi. I'm going to be able to connect. I'm going to you know, be able to use um, Google Maps and find my way back and message my friend and just tell him like, hey, listen, I took the bus. I don't know where I ended up, but I'm good. I'll be coming back. So I followed the crowded market <laughs> to the hotel and the hotel looked a little sketchy. And I shortly found out why. It wasn't a normal hotel. It was a hotel by the hour. So that hotel was not really willing to help this visitor, who <laughs> was clearly lost, out. There was no Wi-Fi. They didn't have any city map. <laughs> and they just told me, well, this is the city center. What are you looking for? And I was clearly looking for the city center, even though I had no idea that what I was looking for was actually something else. So seeing that this wasn't really a safe place for me to be, I kept on walking and I thought, okay, this is my only option. Hello, Jennifer. How are you today? I love your little hearts. They're so beautiful. So I kept on walking and I really felt, okay, it isn't safe. And when you show that you're scared, Oh my God, hi, I forgot to say my lesson from South Africa. Yeah, you have to share your lesson from South Africa. Share it right here. Tell us all the things. So I kept walking because I know just like dogs, human can smell if someone is terrified. If you're in fear and if you look like you're lost, you're an easy target. Now, I'm not saying that a place per se is bad or dangerous. But if you make yourself available and if you give other people the opportunity, it kind of can be dangerous for you. So I knew not a good idea. Keep on walking. Just pretend like you got your shit together. You know where you're going. You know what's going on and keep walking until you find something that looks like you know where you are. Hi, Kissy. Christy, oh my god, why did I say Kirsty? Christy, I'm so excited. Greetings from Colorado. I love Colorado. It's so beautiful. So I kept on walking and walking and walking and just pretending like I know exactly where I'm going. Because as soon as you show that you're lost, this is often when the danger happens. When you look around and you clearly show that you're lost and that you have no idea where you're going, this is often when shit happens. And I've seen this many, many times before. Cassie says, I would say go to the wine lands, specifically Fairview Wine and Cheese. They have really real life goats and make everything on site. It's magical. Also get reservations for Table Mountains and don't go in December. <laughs> what is a lesson from that? What did you learn from that? Oh, that sounds like a beautiful experience. And Cassie, you have to do the safari next time you go to South Africa. So I'm excited to see you with the elephants and the lions and the giraffes and all the fun things. So I kept on walking and walking and walking 
until I suddenly saw a massive train station. And I thought, okay, perfect. This is, this is great. This is scary. There's a train station. I can just take the train and go back home. Because I clearly had no idea where I was. I clearly had no idea where I was going. And I clearly could not find an electronic repair shop that would be able to repair my GoPro. So I went to the ticket counter. I asked the lady for if I wanted to go to that mall where my friend lives close by. Where do I have to go? Which station do I have to get off? Am I in the right place? And she assured me. Yes, sure. This is the right place. Come back in an hour, here's your ticket, and this is the train that will get you there. I said, great, good. We've got everything under control, everything is great. We have an hour, let's go, you know, have a snack, eat something. I paid, I think like $2 or something, or $1 and a little bit for the ticket. And I kind of wondered, why did my friend tell me that it's around 10 to $15 for the train? to go to the airport. And then I thought, okay, you know what? Airports are always a little bit more expensive. Maybe there's a special train to the airport. They don't really think anything of it. And I just went with it. Hello, beautiful James, Chelsea. I have a problems with name today. How are you? Um, so I went with it and I came back an hour later, waited for the train, hopped into the train and then waited. And we kept on driving and driving and driving. And I thought, why is this train taking so long? It only took me like 45 minutes by bus to come here. And I had already spent more than 45 minutes on the train back. And I thought the train is faster than the, than the minivan, but clearly it wasn't. Until I saw the airport and I thought, why am I close to the airport? If the center is here, where I have to go is here, and then the airport is over there. Until I noticed, oh my God, the train isn't going straight. It's taking a massive detour. So I asked the lady next to me how long it would take to go to the place I needed to go. And she just looked at me and said, it's at least another hour. Now, it was already pretty late and it started to get dark. And this local train did not have any announcements. It didn't have any of these little LCD, you know, places where they show you where you are and the next station. Nothing. Nothing. The only way to figure out where you were is to look out the window and read the little sign. Now, it was getting dark. And the, the signs do not have any lights on them. So I was clearly lost. I started to like panic a little bit, keep looking around me. I kept on looking around me and I thought, where am I? What am I doing here? And how the hell do I get myself out of the situation? Now, the lady next to me started noticing that I started to get nervous and that I clearly had no idea where I was or where I was going. Hi, Lida. So she, she looked at me and she's like, do you know where you're going? Like, are you okay? And I thought, yeah, I'm not really sure where I'm going. I need to get off this station. This is all that I know, but I can't really read the names and I don't know how far it is. So she kept looking at me and she's like, you know, you shouldn't be here. This isn't a place for you to be. And I really wondered what she meant. And I found out later. 
But she looked at me and she's like, okay, don't worry. We're going to help me. So we're going to help you. So she really yelled through the whole wagon of the train and said, excuse me, guys, this lady has to go out (laughs) at this certain station. So if that station comes up, please let us know because she needs to get out. And I thought, oh, my God, how embarrassing is that? Now, the whole wagon knew that I was lost that I had no idea where I was going. And everyone knew where I was getting off. Great job. Amazing. (laughs) So about an hour later, it really took forever. The station came up and everyone told me, go out, go out, go out. Now the train was packed. So a guy handed me his hand, pulled me out. I got out, the door closed behind me and I was standing at a train station. And it was pitch black. There were no real houses around no lights. I had no idea where I was and I didn't know where to go. All I knew was that my friend's house was around a 15 to 20 minutes drive from that place. Now, I still didn't have any, like there was no Wi-Fi. I didn't have a SIM card. I didn't have anything. I was freaking lost. So I kept on walking because that was the only option. No one else got out of the train at this certain station. And I thought, okay, what are my options? I kept on walking and I found this little bar. And I thought, okay, people are sitting there, but it's only like older men. They all had a few bottles on the table. I'm not sure if this is the best option. I kept on walking and I saw this car parked on the side with the window down. And I thought, okay, this isn't what you should be doing. Don't talk to strangers, but (laughs) this is my only option. So I walked up to him. His window was down because it was like a warm night. And I asked him, hello, excuse me. Do you have a phone that I can use so I can call my friend and ask him to pick me up? Now, South Africa back then, it was a few years ago, it wasn't really normal that everyone had like unlimited data or unlimited phone calls. And most people didn't even have a lot of money on their phone. So making a phone call is expensive and people don't really like doing it, especially um, if they're not, you know, like super like, I don't want to say rich, but like high class, whatever. Anyways, so he said, I don't have any money on my phone. And I thought, okay, he's just telling me that because, you know, he doesn't want to give me his phone. I said, don't worry, I'll pay you for it. Just please let me use your phone. I need to call my friend because I don't know where I am. And I really want to go back. (laughs) So he said, I really don't have any money on my phone. But if you know where to go, I can give you a ride. And I'm happy if you pay me for it. And I said, great, let's do that. Now. When I was a kid, my parents told me, don't get into a car with a stranger. Now, obviously with Uber and all these things, we're all doing that by now. (laughs) So I thought, okay, it's not a big of a deal. Worst thing, I can just open the door and jump out because it was pitch black. I had no idea where I was. And apparently I was brainwashed into Johannesburg is a dangerous city. Because that is what you hear all over the news, right? So I'm like, okay, I should trust this person. This person is going to help me. But also, I'm not sure if this is the right thing that I'm doing. (laughs) So I jumped in the car with him and he started driving. 
And suddenly he asked me, okay, so where are you from? What are you doing here? And I told him the story and he said, well, you're German, right? I love German cars and German engineering is amazing. Do you know how to drive? And I said, yeah, sure. Of course I know how to drive. And he said, do you know how to drive in Africa? Because they drive on the other side, right? And I said, yeah, sure. I've been driving here before. It's not a big deal. So he parked in the middle of the road and said, okay, show me how you drive. And I wasn't really sure if that was some kind of like weird thing that he was doing, if he was trying to like kick me out of the car or what was going on. But he literally opened the door so quickly that I didn't even have time to think. So we switched sides and I found myself driving this massive pickup truck at the pitch black night through Johannesburg until he said, okay, I believe you now. Germans are good drivers. Now park the car. I'm going to drive again. I said, okay, no problem. Not a big deal. So we parked, we switched again and he drove me to my friend's place. Now I wanted to pay him and give him the money that he'd asked for. And as I was handing him the money, he said, no, I want 10 times that money. And I said, I, I don't have that money on me. I cannot give it to you. And he said, yeah, I know, but my family would love the support. And, you know, like, if you have some more money, can you give me some more money? So I gave him, I wanted to give him all the money that I had because he was actually really helping me. And without him, I probably would have had a really hard time to come back because there was literally no one else around apart from the people in the bar that I didn't really want to ask. So I wanted to give him all the money that I had. And he said, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. I actually enjoyed helping you. Just go. I was a little bit confused about what was going on by now, but I just went back and came to my friend. By now, it was nine o'clock. The time I left the mall was 11 o'clock in the or I think 12 o'clock in the morning. Um, so a lot of time had passed and my friend was having a barbecue with his cousin. And he's just like, where were you? I had no idea how to reach you. I had no idea where you were. What are you thinking? What are you doing? So I told him the whole story and he told me, are you freaking insane? Like, have you lost your mind? Do you even know what you have done? Do you know where you went? And I'm like, yeah, I went to the city center. I wanted to fix my GoPro. Like, what's the big deal? And he's like, no, 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 no. You took the wrong train. We don't even take that train because apparently there's two trains, one for like the locals and the workers and one for the faster train for like higher class whatsoever. I had no idea. I was oblivious to that. And he's just like, he just went crazy on me. He's like, why would you do that? Like, are you crazy? Now, the moral of the story is that oftentimes when we travel, when we go to places that we don't know, we hear from others that it's unsafe. It's dangerous. Don't go there. And I'm not saying it's always 100% safe, but if we listen to our intuition, if we trust ourselves and if we don't show like, oh my God, I'm so lost. I'm so weak. I have no idea. Literally like 99%. It's okay. It's okay. And I really feel from having traveled to all kinds of different places, 
People aren't actually bad. Even in the dangerous places, people want to help you. People are willing to help you. And people go out of their way to help us. And especially if we trust ourselves and if we trust our intuition and we take it slow and we breathe and we stay calm, we always make it back okay. Without any troubles, without any complications, without anything. And that is really one of the biggest things that I learned while traveling is that we get to trust ourselves. And if we listen to our intuition, we're always safe. Always. Even if you end up getting lost in, you know, weird places and places that you should not actually be as a tourist, as, you know, not a local, not knowing where you're going, all these things. It is safe and you'll be okay. And another thing is that people like to say it's unsafe because they don't even go there. Because if the locals don't go there, apparently it's unsafe. Now, obviously, we don't have to take a chance and go there with, you know, like the nicest earrings and the newest camera and like, you know, the newest iPhone whatsoever showing all like the expensive things around. But if we go there or if we end up there by chance, just stay calm. Just stay calm. Don't show like you're freaking lost because this is an easy target and just keep walking, just keep going and find your way back. And it's super easy. But if you stress, if you get uncomfortable, if you show like, holy fucking shit, I'm so freaking scared. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is when the problems happen most of the time. So just stay calm, breathe, trust your intuition and find your way back. And that is it. And no matter where you are, if you get lost in New York City, or if you get lost in freaking like one of the dangerous places, it doesn't matter. You're always safe, you're always protected, especially if you trust yourself. And that is the main thing. Like so much from traveling goes back to trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, and listening to what your intuition has to say. And it might sound a little cheesy, but I'm telling you every time my friends or I got into like a weird situation was because our intuition told us not to do something. And we're like, no, 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 we're just gonna do it. We're cool enough, we got this. And this is when shit happens. Your intuition always knows. So trust that and you'll be safe. And that's my little story for today. I hope you like it. My March book um, is almost done, which I'm really, really excited about. It's coming out very soon. And we also have three spots for Adventurize, my mastermind slash subscription open right now, which is um, Voxer support. Anything that you need, any support that you need, it's for all van lifers, travelers, nomads, and everyday adventurers. And it's... <laughs> I think it's the coolest thing on the planet. So we already have a few people in there and it's just getting upgraded. And you also get your experiences planned. And I'm so excited. There's so much more coming to that. And I'm really, really excited for that and for the book. So I'm gonna go back to editing because you know, 
end of March is soon and book is coming out. I hope you have the most beautiful day and I'm gonna see you soon.